on the next sales is king, there's a growing gap between buyer expectations and what sellers are delivering. And new research shows we actually took a step back last year. We'll discuss why next. Smith, glad to be with you and trying out a new service today. I'm excited about it for both um, audio and video, Riverside.fm, Riverside.fm, and um, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully the audio quality and the video quality are greatly enhanced, but uh, nonetheless excited to be working with Riverside.fm today. And happy to be back on the podcast, and there's a lot going on, and hope all is going well. Um, let's start out, as we usually do, to thank all of our followers, all of our listeners, um, those of you who reach out, who write in, um, who um, certainly recommend our podcast, who uh, write reviews for us. Uh, and if you're listening on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, please pop a review and give us a rating. Um, want to thank you guys. Great to connect. All new listeners and viewers here will likely have this out on YouTube as well. Um, welcome and um, glad to have you with us. Um, if you need to find more information from me, uh, definitely check me out on LinkedIn for sure. Uh, Instagram is Dan, the number six and Smith is my handle. There is a um, YouTube page Dan Sixsmith, where we've got a lot of our uh, Sales is King slash Tip of the Day videos. And there's our website, salesisking.net. So numerous places for you to find great information to help your sales game, to help you improve. And of course, I'm always open to chatting. Reach out um, and connect. And let's set up some time to chat. Um, so we've got a great episode today. We're talking about this disconnect between buyers and sellers in B2B today. Um, and we're basing it on some new research that came out from the Challenger. Challenger, of course, is the former corporate executive board uh, folks. They've now spun off uh, as Challenger Inc. Um, this is the group that wrote the Challenger Sale, which many of you have read, I know. Um, which I have read as well, which is certainly a well-adopted methodology today in B2B selling um, and a great franchise that was established by this challenger group. But um, the premise of the podcast today is that there are um, there's new research that comes out from Challenger that says year over year from, from, from 19, from 2019 to 2020, um, the gap between what buyers are looking for and what sellers are delivering. Um, the gap has unfortunately grown wider. So um, sales took a step backward last year, according to um, Challenger. And when we say last year, 
Uh, we're talking about that full year from 2019 to 2020. Um, so there could be certainly pandemic influenced behavior in here. Um, but nonetheless, I thought it'd be great to go through today, um, highlight some of these issues and talk about where we might be able to um, improve. So let's go through some of these and let's talk through the implications. Let's talk through um, what the heck we can do about it and how we can improve. So number one, um, one of the areas where buyers are expecting sellers to shine um, to deliver is in the category of, are they demonstrating unique insights? Is the seller demonstrating unique insights? And what do we mean by that? Well, that's a good question. Let's first get in to see how the sellers did. Um, year over year, the buyers rated the sellers down by 52% in this category. So sellers took a step back. They're 52% worse, according to buyers, um, in delivering unique insights. So what that means is sellers are coming in um, and doing more of a pitch in a vacuum than doing more of a consultative sell where they're going to deliver unique insights. So insights can be gleaned a number of different ways. Um, and by insights, we're talking about pieces of information um, more than not that the buyer has not heard of or is not aware of. Um, these could be a couple of different things. Um, number one is publicly available um, research. So uh, insights, statistics, um, from case studies, uh, from success stories, from research papers, from research analyst groups that are out there that helps you with your point of view and setting the stage for why these buyers might want to consider making a change, right? So um, those publicly available statistics that you can grab um, that can help you make the case. The second type of insights um, and we learned this from, I learned it from the book, Naked Sales, which is outstanding. And I'm gonna put it up here on the, um, on the camera uh, for those of you watching, is Naked Sales is the book by Ashley, we Ashley Welch and Justin Jones. And you must read this, um, but they show you how to create your kind of firsthand insights by engaging with the customer's customer your customer's customer, your prospect's customer, or um, in certain B2B uh, instances, the, the user group, the end users. By going to interview these people and creating your own insights that you can bring, um, information from within the company that you've gathered um, through interviewing. You know, For example, if you have software that you sell um, and the end user is the seller's you know, you go and you interview some of the sales reps and you understand what their issues and challenges is. And in the book, they talked about um, a great example from uh, a sales rep that wanted to do business with Greyhound. Um, and that person went actually and took a Greyhound bus trip across the country um, and, and engaged with the bus driver to hear that bus driver's issues and challenges picked up some great insights about 
the issues going on with bus drivers also was able to get a firsthand experience of what the Greyhound experience was like and leverage those first um, firsthand insights uh, and take those to the Greyhound executive team. So, you know, this is the level of, of, of preparation and of expertise that we need to bring to um, our sales meetings today and our prospect meetings. So number one is that uh, unique insight. Think about that before you go on to your next meeting um, and make sure you've got some insights to deliver um, as part of your point of view and as part of your differentiation. And again, we're down 52% year over year in that category. Great, next. Um, the salesperson helps me come to a decision. The salesperson helps me come to a decision. Minus 34% from 2019 to 2020. The salesperson helps me come to a decision. So let's, let's dissect that a little bit. Um, here's my thoughts. So our whole existence in this process is to help the buyer come to a decision, okay? Um, obviously, we would like it to be the decision that goes uh, our way, uh, for sure. But sometimes we have to help them make a decision that perhaps we can help them, or perhaps that this issue is not the top issue that they should be wrestling with. Um, <clears throat> but by all means, you know, if we're not helping the buyer come to a decision, I mean, I think we're we're really not doing our job at all, okay? Um, we have to do that on many different fronts. We have to, <clears throat> A, educate the buyer, right? We have to educate them with our subject matter expertise, with our industry expertise, um, with our customer engagement expertise, right? The, the, the results, um, what our customers have been achieving and any statistics and insights that we can bring. We have to... We have to educate our buyer. Um, we have to help them sometimes internally. Sometimes we need to facilitate who all else needs to be in on this, right? Or how can I help my stakeholder, my champion find the, the money? This happens so many times. You've got new buyers and they don't know how to navigate. They're new at the company. Um, you know, they're not sure how to, how to get the buying process going. You have to help them identify the decision makers, the budget holders, um, how to get this process moving, um, you know, how you can help facilitate if you're a new vendor, with new vendor onboarding, procurement, um, all of this good stuff. Um, and then ultimately, you have to be persuasive and you have to convince the buyer that if this is the right thing, then this decision must be made today. Um, not six months from now, not three months from now, not with 300 meetings from now. Um, you've got to get them to come to that decision and to move forward. And that's part of being a consultative seller. That's part of being a persuasive seller and a um, person that is not going to give up if they believe that this is right for the buyer. So, you know, it's, it's un really unfortunate to hear about 
that this category is down um, because you know we want seller we want buyers to engage with sellers and feel like sales can make a difference. Um, you know the trends are that they don't think we can make a difference and they like to do more of their decision making and their um, researching online. So you know we have to improve on this. We have to take control of the sale. I've talked about this quite a bit. Taking control of the sale. Not letting the buyer drive. Um, of course, we you know we can drive together. We can take turns driving. Think about us, you know, going to a destination on a rather long trip. Um, you know, we'll share the driving responsibilities. We're not just going to sit in the passenger seat with our noses pressed up against the window the whole time. You know, we have to take control. We have to, you know, make suggestions, offer a path to success, um, case studies, references expertise, um, and ways to get the buyer over the finish line. So that's number two. Um, and if you're watching on video, glad to have you here. Um, and um, excited that you're joining us on video. If you're on the podcast, um, we're going to keep rolling along here to number three category of what buyers are looking for and what in basically from sellers. Um, in these sales uh, calls and meetings. Um, they want to know that the seller understands and addresses different stakeholder needs. They want to know that the seller understands and addresses different stakeholder needs. And in this category, we're down 41% year over year. And I'm trying to figure out what's going on that we're getting worse here. You know, um, and I don't think we've got that information in this article. Um, you also should check out evolveselling.com. That's the uh, MediaFly thought leadership page, uh, Tom Pacello. Uh, there's an article that he wrote. There's also the, um, the podcast called Evolvers where um, the head of marketing from Challenger is on. So they, they, they perhaps get into a lot more of this detail, but I'm really curious to know what the heck we've been doing that we're uh, falling off. And it could be, again, the pandemic um, and just, you know, not necessarily pivoting with the evolved, you know, the evolving buyer's needs. Um, it could be simply a case of buyers, you know, advancing in what they're looking for and we in sales standing still, uh, which th thus is kind of drawing the negative. So number three, um, how do we, so why are we not addressing the different stakeholder needs? And, and what does this mean? So different stakeholder needs. So, so what Challenger is telling us is that um, for the umpteenth year in a row, um, the number of folks involved in a decision are growing. Multiple stakeholders, COVID committees, um, people that are being banned together to try and make a decision. Um, not a great thing for us in sales because, you know, we got folks throwing banana peels in the road, thumbtacks, uh, you know, just trying to throw us off our game. You've got uninformed buyers jumping in, uninformed people, never heard of the solution before and just having no clue how to buy it. So these are all challenges that we have to we have to overcome. We've got the RFPs now, people putting together these elaborate 
you know, thesis papers that need to be filled out. It, it's, a, it's a complete waste of time, in my opinion. It slows everything down. It delays the benefits. Um, it tries to commoditize everybody. Um, and I think it's unfortunate. But, you know, the thing that we do have to recognize is that there's going to be um, several different decision makers. We need to know everyone's role. We need to know who's driving the decision, who's going to be the key person there, who holds the money, how much money they have, if at all possible, how they'll find the money, what the process is, right? What the criteria is. You know, we've got to do the research. I keep talking about this, but it's still, uh, it's still unfortunately a, a, a challenge area. We have to do the research on these people. Who are they? Do you know any of them from your past life somewhere? Um, did they work for a former customer? You, you got to find a connection. You know, do they know you or, or were they in bed with one of your customers? You know, were they close with one of your, not customers, one of your competitors, you know? Um, so this is all the research. It's all there online. We need to do that. We need to ask the question. So when we meet with one person, chances are, you know, that person's not making the decision. We need to find out who else is going to be involved. And then we have to pivot on these calls. We have to be able to, you know, I've heard a lot about this one-to-one -one personalization, right? If there's 10 people on a call, we're going to be able to, we're going to need to pivot accordingly based on what's important. We have to learn what's important on the call to each of those people. And then we have to pivot accordingly to be able to demonstrate how we can help them solve those issues um, in a one-to-one -one personalization. You could do that through leveraging tools, you, interactive tools, interactive decks. Um, but most importantly, you have to be you know, in tune with how your solution connects to all of these different problems. And more importantly, to demonstrate to each one of these stakeholders that the delay game is costing them. The process of 14 meetings and 67 people and 4,000 documents is, is costing them a ton of money and that they need to get moving quickly. Again, taking control of the sale. Um, the next one, buyers are expecting the sellers to help them build support across their organization. Help them build support across their organization. Um, and we see this a lot. I see it <clears throat> in our deals. Um, you know, you have to have the right content. You have to be able to put together a business case, right? You need the financial justification. You need the case studies. You need the examples. You need the references. You need the senior management involvement on your end. But you have to help them make the case and build support, right? And you don't do that on opinions. Um, you do it on facts. And you do it on data and analytics and research and results. So the more results you have in your company, the more examples of wins of how you've moved the needle, the better off it's going to be for you and you leverage those accordingly. Um, and you help them build support across the organization. That means follow-up meetings. That means bringing on stakeholders, additional folks from your team, um, subject matter experts. 
That means potentially references to current clients. Um, and that means moving fast. That means moving fast, right? Helping them identify budgets, helping them build the case, showing them the return on investment. Um, you have to have all these, th these, these should not be things that you, you are, you know, you have to go find. These should be all at the ready. This should be part of your process. You should know this is coming, okay? And in many cases, you should be proactive with it. Coming out of that meeting with the initial stakeholder or champion, you've got a package that you send out to them that includes all of this. You get the next meeting set up on the calendar. Um, you know, again, you're driving. You're you're showing the prospect that you can help them get to the finish line. You can help them solve their problem. You can help them build support across the organization. Um, excellent. And then the last one here from the from the challenger research um, is they expect the seller to make it easy for them to make a purchase. They expect the seller to make it easy for them to make a purchase. Um, so, you know, what does that mean? That means you're easy to do business with. You have a pretty simple, simple to understand pricing model, business model. You can get them the paperwork they need and make it easy. Um, it's not a complicated pricing model. It's not something with 15 choices that they have to figure out because remember from the neuroscience, the confused mind says no. Too many choices equals no decision. So keep it simple. Um, you know, talk to them about the options, give them the options, um, lead them and recommend them to one or two potential options, not five, not six or four, um, and make it easy. Be flexible. We, look, you, you got to do things today that maybe has never been done before, whether it comes to payment terms, whether it comes to um, flexibility around cancellations and things of that sort. Um, the company has to be easy to do business with, not rigid. Um, unless you're, you know, have a monopoly in your industry based on the circumstances today, easy to do business with. That means easy to get in touch with you, easy to change things, easy, easy to make additions and subtractions. Um, that means having a great customer success um, or delivery team that's going to engage, that's going to be part of the process. Remember, and we talked about this. One of the most important times to manage is right after the sale, right after someone has signed. You know, there's the research that says a large percentage of buyers are worried that they made the wrong decision. They're worried that they made the wrong decision, that they put their neck on the line and there could be an issue. So um, that's a critical time. Um, to make sure not only we're making it easy for them, but they're reassuring them that, hey, this was the right call. This was the right time. And this is going to be a great value. And here's our team that's going to take you from here to the next phase. That's going to get you 
um, and the service or the solution um, implemented, executed. So think about that time is important. So, you know, interesting stuff here from Challenger. There was also a couple of um, additional points that I want to see if I can dig up here. Um, just for us to talk about real quick, 53% um, of buyer organizations have reprioritized their priorities. So, you know, reprioritizing priorities. Well, what does that mean? And I've said this, that the COVID age, the Zoom age, um, has really put everything on the table. Everything's on the table. The status quo has never been weaker. The status quo has never been weaker because everybody now is wondering, do I have to make a change? And if so, how do I do it? And should I do it? Um, and priorities are changing and there's a pretty damn good chance that one of, your, one of your solutions that was a lower priority may just be reshuffled up to the top. So, you know, from a prospecting perspective, from a follow-up perspective, um, companies that may have, you know, thought of you as a nice to have in the pre-pandemic times may now be thinking that you're a must have. So continue with your follow-up, continue with your um, outreach and prospecting and realize that everything's on the table today. Um, I think it's never been a better time to be in sales. I'll say it again. There has never been a better time to be in sales because the opportunities for change which is what we're all about. We're all about selling change have never been greater. There have never been so many different things on the table to be discussed than during this time. Number two here, next one. 36% um, reported placing a spending freeze on anything deemed um, that's not deemed essential. Okay, so all the more reason to come in now and you've got to be sharp. You've got to be able to show ROI, value. You have to show why this is important. You have to tie solution back to priorities, to strategic initiatives and business challenges. So spending freezes continue. 54% um, require a um, central review and approval process. CLIP levels for procurement involvement have been lowered to $5,000, which I think is positively ludicrous, okay? Um, $5,000 on a procurement uh, involvement, I think is overkill, but it just goes to show, you know, we have to keep demonstrating value and that's a whole nother episode probably. How do we deal with procurement? Um, how do we get things approved? Um, how do we partner with them? Um, because it's part of the selling process and it's part of what they're talking about in um, helping them come to a decision and making it easy for them to purchase because they have to, you have to help them get through procurement, but $5,000, boy. 38% um, of purchases now require a formal RFP process, which is another thing that makes me cringe. Um, and again, you know, we, we did an episode on that. You can go back and, and check it out. But that's, that's another one that's, that's tough today. But, you know, you're going to have to figure out 
either A, does your company participate in RFPs? Um, and if so, how best to navigate? But RFP is definitely uh, on the increase. Um, additional facts, four in 10 buyers started a purchase process that ultimately ended in no decision. That's unfortunate. And then 46% of sellers indicate that they lost deals to do nothing. Um, and yeah, so, and, and I'm glad they said lost deals to do nothing because it is a loss. It's not a win. Um, it's not a category, you know, do nothing. It's, it's, a, it's a loss. It's, it's the same thing as losing to the competition because if they don't choose to go with you, you, you failed to convince them to, um, to buy from you. In the Grant Cardone book, Sell or Be Sold, it's very simple. He says, if I'm meeting with you and I'm trying to sell you and you don't buy, you sold me actually on not buying. So I'm either selling or I'm being sold to. So I want you to buy from me. You don't buy. Well, you just sold me on not buying. So I got sold and I didn't sell. Uh, that was one of his first books. It, it, it's a good one. And of course, if you don't follow Grant Cardone, uh, by all means, he, he's great. Um, Let's just see if there's anything else uh, interesting in here. I think we covered most of it. Um, so I wanted to put that out there. It's, it's one of the latest uh, research reports. Um, and I wanna make sure we stay sharp and we don't start losing more ground here. But think about those different categories um, that we discussed today. Demonstrating unique insights, helping the buyer come to a decision, um, understanding and addressing the different stakeholders and their needs, in the buying committee, helping that buyer build support across the organization and making it easy to do business with you. So think about that. Let's keep advancing our sales game. Um, let's keep working hard in 2021. I think there's a lot of good news um, on the horizon um, and keep at it.